every week. Every week I'm saying this. Yet none of you seem to pay attention. Every week? I, the past two weeks. <laughs> this is making it the third. Okay. 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 It's as long as we've been doing this bracket madness. Oh, yes. For March. That's right. I forgot what we were coming in on. I have received all of the hate, all of the complaints, mm-hmm. all of the disagreements. Mm-hmm. Unacceptable. People. Listen up. <laughs> Write it down. We're going to also include this on all uh, posts moving forward, just as a reminder. Please send all messages, all whether positive or negative, but please, please. No, no, just the negative. I'll take the positive. Okay, just the okay fair. All the negative to uh, Brett Neese. At, at Neese's Pieces, pieces um, on, on the, the on Twitterverse. Twitter, on, answer, on Instagram. Uh, if you want, I'll give him yours. I'll give you his cell phone number if you're really that. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, we yeah. will. Yeah, it was everything from uh, what actually qualifies as a horror movie to oh we, well, I wouldn't have made this pick. Good for you. Did your own podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Move on. <laughs> anyway, thank, thank you for you joining next. us on this episode of Pop Not Soda we Season Five, y'all. Episode Nueve. That's nine for the nun. Yes. So, uh, uh, Trump, speaking. when you're out there listening, that's what that means. Mm. Uh, Please don't build the wall. I want my <laughs> avocados. <laughs> three weeks, by the way, people. Just know, if the border gets shut down, you have enough avocados for three weeks. This is really how the world ends. It's yeah. not by nuclear weapons. Right. It's about an avocado story. If anything can unite America, <laughs> hopefully it's an avocado. Yeah. You know? Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh, white people. Let's go. <laughs> We've got a great show for you today. We are going to be talking... The another another collapse of a business just shutting mm-hmm. doors right away, and that's the AAF. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that it was a surprise. No, but I mean, we at least thought they would finish. I mean, at least the SFL finished the season. Yeah, like they, you would think that the season. I mean, so, they had like yeah, just a few. And games there's left. a conspiracy theory floating around of why it closed so suddenly. So we'll be covering that. Mm-hmm. We are going to be talking the DCEU. And yeah. uh, bringing some uh, bringing some heat this weekend. Low flame, maybe medium <laughs> burner. <laughs> Don't you have the burner yes. on sits? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they just released a, a teaser trailer for an upcoming film today, as Brian and I are recording. Uh, so last week for you all, and uh, we're going to talk about how successful Shazam has been and what the future for DCEU. DCEU. Yeah. So holds. you'll know how it did the box office. We're we're going to. Uh, you know, use our magical powers of prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, we haven't been really that wrong yet. No. We haven't. <laughs> uh, we don't have proof of that. I'm just saying it. <laughs> Ever. Uh, Never been wrong. We're going to give you Never. our Never. final season, season eight, Game of Thrones predictions. Mm-hmm. Basically, everybody's going to die. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Uh, because Game of Thrones has finally made, or uh, no, it will be making its r- return this weekend. Yes. Yes. This The yes. 14th. Right. Hope you have your DVR set. Or you stole your friend's HBO de- mm-hmm. uh, Go password. Pro tip, on HBO Go, you can watch it at the Eastern time, which is 6 p.m. Pacific. So you can watch it a little bit earlier. Okay, what's the central time for that? 7 p.m.? <laughs> Maybe 8. It's mountain time, maybe. I don't know. We <laughs> just had a time change, daylight savings. 
I'm confused. Uh, we are also going to uh, touch upon the um, murder and passing of uh, L.A.-based hip-hop artist uh, Nipsey Hussle that occurred over the past weekend. And we will also be announcing the champion of Pop Not Sodas 2019 Bracket Madness for the best horror movie ever. Yeah, I know you've all been waiting patiently and uh, are sitting on the edge of your seats right now. Yeah. Or standing or on your, the edge of your seat you your, if you're standing your up. Twitter fingers ready to go. Right. Nieces Twitter pieces. fingers. Just remember. Nieces Turn to Twitter fingers. Uh, but speaking about uh, being on the edge of your seat, Marvel just keeps... You know what? Fucking with people's lives. That's just, I'm just going to put it out there. That's what they were doing. They decided that uh, they were finally going to release pre-sale for Avengers Endgame. And, like, I don't ever think they made an official announcement. I think at this point, it's just, like, one of those things that, like, it's floated out there. Somebody somewhere heard, and they were like, all right, everyone, we're kind of thinking it's going to be this day. Right. And then it happens. And, I mean, th- this was the, the craziest shit I've ever seen yeah. for a movie. Also, why do they hate uh, West Coast people? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah. Because uh, they release that shit at 5 a.m. Pacific time. Right. So, you Fuck know. Fuck Hawaii. I'm, I feel, right? But right. I, I think maybe at that point you just stay up late. Yeah. If you're that dedicated. Although, yeah. Hawaii, I don't think there's going to be a mad rush to go see it. It's a different lifestyle. I mean, I don't right? know with uh, what, you know, went down. Yeah, no. I mean, it was insane, right? So, uh, tickets release, and of course, everybody is uh, jumping on their favorite app to go buy tickets. And, I mean, everything was crashing, you know? Every theater, Fandango is down. Um, I literally think chicken. some AMC theaters just collapsed. <laughs> right. They were uh, they were caught in the snap. Um, so, yeah, it was just fucking anarchy. And, uh, you know, everybody wants – I mean, it's going to be cra- – it's going to make a billion dollars easy in the first weekend internationally. Like, it's going to be insane. That's that, That's almost printing money. It, it's crazy. I mean, I've never seen the fervor for this type of movie. You know, I, I would say we were talking about it earlier, but, you know, maybe comparably to episode one, uh, which was like the, you know, the, the first Menace. new Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Uh, and, you know, people lost their minds over that shit because, you know, it's a new it Star, was Star Wars. Wars. And you, they hadn't had Star Wars in, uh, you know, nearly 20 years. And we were talking about how... This fervor for tickets is what has now replaced waiting, camping outside of the movie theater. Right. When you can buy something online, you're still going to sit in line, but at least you're in the comfort of your home. Yeah. At 5 a.m. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when Fucking losers. movie theaters decided to finally allow you to pick your seat Right. when you pre-sale because... Uh, life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can only imagine how early people who have tickets would be camped out for this movie. Like, probably now. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if some dedicated fans were camped out three weeks ahead of time. In their Captain America costume, just ready to go. Yeah, you know, ready to go shove Ant-Man up Thanos' butt. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a really easy way to 
just get this thing done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, spoilers. We didn't mean to spoil anything right. for you, but that's how it's going to end. Uh, but also, Ludacris uh, is how I like to describe AMC because they are offering a 59-hour all-MCU movie marathon. Yikes. Like you're you're basically living at the theater for three days, right? Almost. That sounds awful. You're not gonna shower. I mean, well, you're probably you gonna go bathroom? home. Are you sure? Yeah. You can sleep. That's through. not a marathon. You can then. sleep through Thor, Thor two, oh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I wouldn't sleep through the Incredible Hulk. I think I'd probably watch that again. <laughs> I would. I've but only it seen sucks. it like twice. So I mean, Edward Norton. It's been good. on TV. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, no. It's just it doesn't it doesn't hold up, unfortunately. Uh, what else are you sleeping through? I'm sleeping through OG Iron Captain Man America three, OG oh, Captain you America. You don't like Iron Man three? I mean, I don't need to see it again. Okay, and like Fair. no, it's my least favorite of the three. Um, really? Over yeah. you like two better than three? I do. I think Iron Man two is like one of the worst MCU films. I think both Iron Man two and three are. Two of the worst, but I still like two over three. Okay. But anyway, fair. Um, I mean, th- yeah, there's fucking twenty. What one of them? Twenty-two. Whatever. There's twenty-two movies. Yeah, that's too many. <laughs> Don't watch them all. J- you, if if I were gonna do anything, I would just watch the Avengers. So I'd watch Avengers, Age of Ultron, Infinity War to catch up, and then Endgame, and maybe even yeah. just Infinity War. Because, you know? but also, that's still like twelve hours. Yeah, that's a shitload of time. Yeah, um, to be sitting just fucking complacent. Yeah, I did Your see eyes some eyes on a screen. Right, I did see some theaters are doing Infinity War and Endgame back to back, which would still be that's still like five, five and, and a half, half hours. hours, right? Um, but I mean, realistically, I could, I could, I could see doing that. Maybe it's like, it's like a bad baseball game. Yeah, and then you just you could like show up late to Infinity War. You know who cares? Why would no? Infinity War is great. And Free War is great, but, you know. Then why buy the ticket if you want to just... <laughs> <laughs> you just want to see the snap? Like, is that just all you want? Well, I mean, you, uh, you're right. It, I mean, it is good. It's paced well, Just but put it on your phone or watch it at home and then come to the theater. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I think the other thing that we saw what was crazy with the Endgame ticket release was the random resale market Yeah. for opening weekend tickets. For Avengers Endgame. Right. I mean, you know, this is today, so <laughs> tickets might even go up, right, over the weekend or whatever as we get closer to the actual release date. But, uh, yeah, last we heard, tickets are going for as high as $2,000 uh, for... Bro, you can go to Coachella twice for less than that. Oh, yeah, you can go to Coachella three times for that, you know? That's insane. You get two VIP Coachella passes <laughs> for that price. I mean, if you're paying $2,000 to go... Just to see a movie like a day earlier than you probably could. I mean, you you uh, you probably need some better things going on in your life, right? That's all I'm saying. Like, are you? Or you just have fuck you money and you don't care. Yeah, that. Um, or you don't have to pay rent because you live in your mother's basement, <laughs> right? And so you've got all the money saved and you up. You've been saving up from this. the action figures you sold yep. on eBay to afford that ticket, right? I just think it's crazy, and I also think it's ludicrous and unfair that people buy those tickets purposely just to try and resell and make yeah. money. That's crazy though. I've li- I've literally never seen a resale market for a movie. So, and I think what's going to happen you know? next, I think uh movie theaters may not allow you to transfer tickets. 
So I think they'll move into the way where festivals do now, where when you purchase a ticket, your name is on that ticket. So if you're not attending, like, because the, uh, with, like, AMC, with the A-list, you have to show your ID mm. so they can make sure it's you. Right. So that you're not just pawning your A-list for your friends. So I think that's going to be where if this continues to happen with other great MCU releases, um, you know, I think that's where it's going to go. Well, you know what I don't think is um, getting this much attention? Um, but it could. Um, let me guess. It's uh, also a movie studio. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, they also make movies about comic heroes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and they employed Brett's favorite director. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Yep. Warner Brothers. DCEU. Correct. Uh, and the movie that I'm referring to is Shazam, uh, which came out. Uh, released was this Zachary, past weekend. Zachary Levi? Is that his name? Uh, yes, sure. Um, Chuck. That's Chuck, what I know right, He's exactly. Chuck. Uh, but, you know, he definitely, he definitely put on some, some LBs. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, muscle-wise. Uh, but he's still, you know, wearing kind of like an exaggerated suit. But I think the movie's gonna, I think looks great. I think the tone, right? I think, the, like, I think people were worried when they first saw the suit because they are like, what the fuck? It looks... Yeah. Plasticky, it looks cheap. Looks like it looks, right? It looks uh, embellished, but I then I think when you got to see more of the tone of the movie, they're definitely that's what they're going for. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think hopefully this is going to be, you know, that that final turn that DC takes uh, to maybe right the ship from. Uh, Batman versus no, that ship Superman is already saint, bro. Justice They're, they League. need to build a new ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Flashpoint. Yeah, I mean, if anything, these movies are still making fucking money, right? Like Aquaman made a, a billion dollars. Uh, you know, I think I think this one uh, will, will do pretty well. Um, I think it'll have a good opening weekend. Uh, I don't think it'll be anything crazy, but uh, I mean, the re- like critic reviews are super high. So yeah, I think the Rotten Tomatoes score is like ninety-seven percent. Right. Um, I think it's going to be one of those, like a Deadpool, right? Like people are eventually going to go see it because, like, there's going to be a lot of talk about it, and yeah, it's, it's going to be just like a good movie with a superhero, like as you know, the main, the main driver. Yeah, and I think it's it's lighthearted. It's focusing on comedy. I th- like I kind of likened it to their answer to what Spider-Man: Homecoming is. Um, yeah. it's got that teenage trying to you know teenage character trying to be a superhero different definitely different than spider-man uh but really trying to be that niche style of movie yeah uh and then what uh what also dropped today in the uh the dc universe was the first trailer for joker uh just joker right just joker right uh which stars joaquin phoenix as uh, presumably the the lead character and uh, directed by Todd Phillips, uh, who is you know probably most famously known for the Hangover series. Um, he's uh, he's taking the helm on this one, and um, I would say it looks uh, different, uh, to say the least. You know, um, I mean we we we're talking about horror movies and scenes that creeped us out. And this definitely, the trailer leaves you feeling unsettled. 
yeah like it uh yeah it's it's different like i said and you know a lot of people didn't like it because you know you, you kind of have this uh this view of joker in your head and the type of character that he is and uh at least in the trailer uh you know joaquin phoenix is far from uh that like personality and that persona but i think it's it's gonna be uh you know unique to say the least i think it's uh you know a creative look if you're just gonna make him like a normal dude um and uh you know i like joaquin phoenix i think he's a great actor so if anything i think it'll be uh you know a great performance by him and just like bringing you know a different kind of take to uh to this character that everybody knows yeah and i think walking Phoenix is definitely out there enough that he doesn't have to go so far to get into a joker mindset <laughs> right uh i think that the tone that they're going for i think it needs to be rated r yeah i think if it's not rated r i'm gonna have some reservations for sure I definitely want something because I think what this teaser kind of set me up for was it's like I want it to be shot. I want some brutality. Mm. Uh, I don't want, you know, fall into a pit of acid, turn my skin white and my hair green. and I'm laughing. I want crazy shit. Yeah. And I wanted to push the boundaries because, you know, I think that without a compelling Batman, right, that's what you're going to need. You're going to need to be captivated by Joaquin, by the performance, and by the tone of the movie. And because it's very hard to watch a movie that doesn't necessarily have a protagonist. This is solely about an antagonist. Right. And probably one of the greatest villains in comic history. You definitely need to you know scale it up yeah just just rank up that brutality for sure uh i'm gonna call this after uh thinking about it for a little bit um we're gonna have like a psycho um situation mm. so if you've seen the trailer there's like this there's a bunch of weird scenes with him and his mom and i think that she's not going to exist. Like she's going to be dead already. And so like all the stuff that you see, like it's going to be showing him at one point, like doing all this stuff and she's not actually going to be there. Right. She's just like a figment of his, uh, what if she's never there? Oh, that's yeah. Or she just doesn't exist at all. And he just made up a mother character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Norman Bates meets the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever. I mean, just, I will say when you watch this, it can't, it can't be fucking worse than, some of these other movies they put out, so... Well, if you've seen what uh, Gotham has portrayed <laughs> oh, as their yeah. Joker, <laughs> who just looks like, a, I don't know, a burn victim in recovery. It looks like someone got a Joker mask, threw it in their garage for like 30 years, pulled it out, and then put it back on. Honestly, it looks like Jack Nicholson's ball sack. <laughs> yeah, with a couple of like... Uh, neon green pubes. Yeah. So just, like, just yeah. like his, his yeah, balls. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, I just don't understand. So it can't be it worse than that. Uh, well, we'll see what ha- what DCEU, what Warner Brothers is able to do now that they're trying to, you know, really move in a different direction. Yeah. And not try and be Marvel 2.0. Right. I think that's their biggest um, success 
up to this point is to just recognize they can't compete. So just, you know, do what you can do well and just like make an individual good movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and speaking of doing things well, HBO, we did talk about them last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I still don't know where the sit's thrown, <laughs> yeah, by the way. I still haven't found it. Uh, and they are releasing season eight Game of Thrones this week. And there's a lot of hype. I, I mean, I can't remember the last time a TV show had this much hype for its final season. Well, I mean, it's crazy, right? You ha- We have Endgame and Game of Thrones happening in the same month. Uh, the weekend that Endgame comes out, we also get the Battle of Winterfell in oh, season yeah. eight, which is, you know, going to be um, arguably p- the greatest battle scene <laughs> in cinematic TV history, you know? It's, it's going to be, be crazy. An, an entire episode of, uh, of people getting slashed and hacked. And one of the first thing HBO released was the run times of some of these episodes. Right. And the episodes vary from, I think, like 50-some-odd minutes to as long as almost 90. Yeah, right? I mean, they're like feature film length, yeah. And uh, everybody now, as we're getting down to the wire, is just throwing out all their theories, all their speculations. Who is going to die? Who is going to live? Who's going to sit on the Iron Throne? You know, who is the Night King? Of course. I mean... All the questions, Brian. It's just crazy, like, to, yeah, to think, right? And it, it it obviously happens. Every series comes to an end at some point. But for them to try and you know <laughs> wrap everything up, good luck. Um, Especially without any butts to go off of. Yeah. That might be better, though, right? Um, or not. We'll see. But I got faith in them, right? Like, every season has exceeded my expectations up to this point. And just the the bits that they've showed in the trailers and the the teasers and stuff um, i mean it looks great so i'm uh, i'm all in uh but yeah i mean so what do we want to do we want to throw our predictions for who's going to be on the iron throne yeah i think give me your one theory and uh your for sure dead okay character and who's sitting on the iron throne okay my theory is that Bran is the Night King. Okay. It's a popular one. Got a lot of evidence. Uh, who's going to die? I think the entire Lannister family. Does that include Tyrion? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All Lannisters. See you bye. And I think... What is going to happen is um, everyone's going to be dead that can sit on the throne. Except, uh, and then there, there so uh, what I think is going to happen is the fat dude um, who went to study uh, as part of the Night's Sam. Watch, Sam. I think he is going to be able to connect Jon Snow as the rightful heir to the throne he's going to be he's going to die ah. Daenerys is going to be dead but she's going to have the kid uh, that Jon Snow knocked her up with At the and end. that kid is going to end up being uh sitting on the iron throne w- with his cousin dad yes just incest and at, at anti-mom. its best 
Yeah, exactly. All right, all right, okay. So you're saying the spawn of Daenerys and John, yes, will be the the Iron Throne, and uh, all of the Lannisters. All the Lannisters are done. Uh, Bran is the Night King. Yes. Fair, fair. I like that. Okay. Uh, my theory and my for sure dead tied together. Okay. And that is uh, Cersei gonna die, and Jaime's gonna kill her. Okay. It made sense. He's already kind of on this sort of I need to be redeemed path. He all he already you can tell from the end of the last season doesn't really trust you know Cersei's judgment mm-hmm. with not wanting to like be fully on board and uh I think there's going to be a point where maybe it comes during the battle of Winterfell or right after where she's going to pull out of an agreement she's not going to follow through on something or she's going to try and uh backstab John and Daenerys and uh, yeah, Jamie's just gonna poker one last time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that I think that's that's Fair. my for sure dead, and that's my my theory. And I do think ultimately that with I with just how I feel like this is gonna go, and if you're gonna watch from the first season um, to the end, uh, you really get that the real only protagonists, man, are the starts and I think I don't know how but I'm going to say it's going to be one of the starts on the throne Okay. and I think it may be Sansa I think that's just how the cookie crumbles <laughs> she's the oldest she's okay. currently Lady of Winterfell right and you know maybe you're right maybe everyone that is you know tied to the throne is dead and that's just last woman standing. Okay. Fair. And so I think that's one of those pits where it's not one of the popular theories, not one of the popular pits. Yeah, but definitely it not. makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes the most sense. Um, and then just go murder the X-Men. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, man, I think, honestly, it's going to be something that nobody's going to expect. Yeah. I have faith that they're going to end this on a, like a, a mind fuck moment, like all a uh, Hodor. Cause to me, oh. Hodor up to this point has been, uh, one of the most, uh, I mean, just mind fuck, you know, moments in yeah. anything like entertainment wise that, that I've seen. Right. It's, it's just so great. Like, uh, I put it at the level of like, si- uh, Kaiser Soze from the usual suspects. Oh. Uh with that reveal, you know. Um so yeah. Uh starts <sighs> man, starts so soon. Yeah. And I then can't it's wait. gonna be over in Should two be months. Um I think eight episodes, just yep. short enough. Uh be enough content. Uh and I think it'll clean up at the Emmys too. Yeah, you would you would think so. Because I feel like the production value, everything. Like I think it's one of those things where they wait till the series is done to just all the awards. Um, but yeah, so I just can't wait to see Cersei die. <laughs> <laughs> I know was that was my prediction for season seven. Uh, just carry it over. But, carry it over. Uh, as I was quoted in saying last week, uh, bitch lived. So mm-hmm. uh, not this time, though. <laughs> not this time. 
bitch dead? Yes. Yes. That's what's happening. So we're going to have to break. Uh, we're going to come back. We are going to be talking the AAF failure. Or is it theft? Or is it both? Yeah. Uh, again, the murder and passing of hip-hop artist, rapper Nipsey Hussle. And we are going to finally announce the winner of the Bracket Madness for 2019. Bottom Down Soda's best horror movie of all time. See you later, Duke. Yeah, you're going to hear that for the last time today. See you, North Carolina. Oh, my bracket. (laughs) (laughs) See you, bracket. Um, It looked so promising last week. Oh, I know, right? Just like I think many of our listeners and their horror brackets did. Yeah. Um, But, but yes, that music, uh, once again, is indicating that we are in bracket time. Although we're in April... Bracket Madness. March Madness. Monday, today. March Madness uh, extends into April because uh, today you're listening to this probably while watching the championship game at the same time. Um, Yeah, I feel like April 8th is pretty late for the championship. Yeah. It seems to get later like every year. But then I felt like March Madness started earlier. I was so confused. (laughs) (laughs) It is confusing, March Madness in April. But here we are. And, um, yeah, your bracket's probably gone to shit like everybody else's. So we're going to talk about our horror bracket. And we have our own uh, final four that we'll get to because um, we're down to eight. The elite eight, if yeah. you will. The scary eight. The horrific eight. Um, there's there's eight movies left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the first matchup we had in the elite eight, it paired – um, Alien against Friday the 13th. Mm. And, you know, we've talked about it. Mrs. Voorhees came strong. <laughs> All right, Friday the 13th. Inter- Slash game strong. Introduced everybody to Strip Monopoly. Okay? Hmm. I think one of the, the 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 creepiest scenes in Friday the 13th is when the couple goes to the abandoned cabin to, like, hook up. Mm-hmm. And she's in the bathroom. And just murders the girl and then murders the dude. Yeah. Yeah. Check the bathrooms in those cabins. Right. Before you before Check you bang every it out. stall. <laughs> that that basically basically that's what it taught teenagers. Right. Check your surroundings before you you know, as Brian said, bang it out. Mm-hmm. And then Alien, it is the what happens when no one can hear you scream. It is the you're not, you know, you're not locked in somewhere to protect you from the outside i'm gonna say like other than probably um 2001 maybe the first horror movie in space too yeah oh definitely definitely right and 2001 isn't even like 2001 is it's not really like a horror movie yeah you know except it's if more I just like into this freaking <laughs> argument <laughs> actually it is we're it, just gonna say it's it also like a it anyway not ron kubrick film for yeah, this yeah, bracket, yeah yeah but yeah uh, an alien was that monster. It was that, you know, what's the noise? Where where is it coming from? And and also, it was the first really kind of representation of the monster from within or the monster within. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, 
You don't beat the chest bursting scene that easily. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, what Sigourney Weaver just, you know, created such a, an iconic character uh, in, in that uh, in that series as well. Ripley. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just. Oh gosh, such a tough matchup. All of these All are these really are tough. Um, but a lot uh, of them could have done either way. But this one. Yeah. Went. Yeah. We uh, we went with Alien yep. uh, for uh, for this matchup. Yeah. Uh, so Ridley Scott's Alien. Alien. Alien is moving on. Uh, and I think the frightening four. There we yeah. go. The fr- oh, there, we got we got a winner. Lady Shore alliteration. <laughs> um, this I think this is the battle of the classics in uh, this matchup, mm. where you had Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho versus Stanley Kubrick's uh, The Shining, based off the novel by Stephen King. And uh, Psycho, we've gone over it. The things that Hitchcock did, uh, the use of uh, shadows and lighting in, in Psycho, the whole switch sound effects, the twist, yeah, the you sound know? effects, the 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 shower scene, one of the most iconic horror scenes, free, 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 free. Um, <laughs> and how he got those effects, you know, the cold water to get the real scream, right? Uh, and Norman Bates, man, would never hurt a fly uh, until he turned into the Joker, apparently. But, <laughs> but uh, The Shining is just littered with horror. I mean, not only the the character, uh, like just having like a, a horrific character in Jack Nicholson, like what he eventually evolves into, but you have all these little tiny scenes throughout the movie that are just some of the fucking creepiest of all time. All work and no play. Yeah. I mean... With Jack, with the freaking kid, uh, you know, going crazy. With the finger. Red mm-hmm. Room, you know, the tw- the twin girls. Uh, obviously, Dan's favorite scene oh, God. with uh, old uh, decrepit titties. And it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I mean, the maze at the end, you know, in the snow. Like, oh, I mean, just. And it, and it, it is, I think, the most effective slow burn horror. Yeah. Because it, it's burning from the moment you're joining them in the car on the way up the mountain and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Yeah. And there, there's no happy ending. <laughs> no, definitely uh, not. But I think for what the shining was able to do, what it accomplishes and what it did for the horror movie genre. It's got to move on. Yeah. Got it. Got to go with the shining. So, we're talking about classics, but mm, I would say the reinventor of this genre, Scream, mm. is up against uh, one of the founding, the found, uh, founding fathers, the foundation, <laughs> uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and Leatherface. Ooh, TCM. Yeah. Scurry. Like we said, Scream is the introduction to meta, to the masses. Yep. It is the capitalization on horror tropes, and it is, I think, probably the most effective slasher film. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, just a great mix, too, of, uh, you know, l- literal horror and, you know, gruesomeness. Um, humor, too, which I think uh, is a big reason why it was so successful. 
Um, and, and we were talking about it, you know, before too, just that the first scene, how Scream starts uh, with the Drew Barrymore and the phone call, popping popcorn. Uh, I mean, one of the most iconic uh, scenes, not only in, um, you know, horror movie history, but just in film history in general, you know. Uh, and so for uh, for a lot of those reasons, uh, we uh, we're moving Scream through to uh, to the frightening four. Yeah, it's on. It's way to the frightening four. Yeah. And I mean, we don't want to like, you know, take anything away from Texas Chainsaw Massacre by any means. Uh, yeah. I mean, like we said, that steered a generation away from turning down the wrong road. It spawned so many different uh, styles of how to tell a horror movie. Um, it kind of really brought to life the creepy family yeah, and um, cannibalism, which for some reason was made in a couple different movies in the 70s. Uh, and, I mean, it introduced one of the most iconic horror villains, which was Leatherface. Yeah. And just the uh, the gruesomeness of that movie, too. Like, I think it was one of the most brutal movies, you know, to be released at that point. And I think it kind of... Uh, set the tone uh, for like that genre too you know so like we wouldn't I don't think we would have had like Saw and Hostel and all those other fucking disgusting movies without without it you know not at all Uh, and in our last matchup of the Elite Eight which I think was the hardest fought matchup these movies went at it Mm. Um, for the control of the one body moving forward. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it is funny that the, both these movies are kind of about who's like really repossessing. Yeah. Who yeah, really yeah. is this For person? Sure. Yeah. And that was get out versus the thing. Yeah. So I think this is probably for me, it was the toughest of, uh, of the other matchups. Uh, I mean, you know, get out again, uh, for me, like why I like scream a lot, why I like get out a lot is if you take the horror part out of it, like it's still just a good movie. Right. And then like, ho- I mean, with scream, it's kind of a different story. Cause like that's really, uh, in your face and it's supposed to be, but with, uh, with get out, um, uh, it's just a good movie and the tone of it just comes off as, uh, you, you know, really creepy and, and, and horrific. Uh, and then with the thing, I mean that, uh, that movie just, just, you know, a little slow, but, uh, but really just goes to like a hundred miles an hour real quick. And for the whole movie, you're really just kind of, uh, on your toes and like questioning every character. Um, again, like a great setting for a movie, in the snow in the middle of nowhere so you can't go outside fucking blizzards and shit so you got to stay inside and uh just the the flowing kurt russell hair yeah i mean like we said last week pete (laughs) russell (laughs) but yeah in the end uh you know there's always been a lot of praise thrown on jordan peele even with the success of his newest uh movie us which uh we have seen and it is fantastic go see it is that he is sort of the modern day Hitchcock. He is yep, a definitely. a student of the classic horror films of horror as um not just a genre but of a just 
of of a great way to tell a story. It's it's not just making a horror movie to make a horror movie, but it's utilizing horror as a way to convey a message. Yeah. Uh, which I think is why Get Out is very unique compared to some of its competitors, where it's not just for the gore and the shock, but it's really to hammer home a message utilizing the genre. However, man, the thing is just it it's one of the, the, the best movies that really hammers home the idea and I've said it before is who can you really trust? Right. And that and this movie has become such a central theme throughout so many different movies and it has inspired so many movies. Like uh the first one that comes to mind is like the faculty. Um and <laughs> right. it, I mean it is, you yeah. know? Uh and I mean even get out though, we were talking about it, right? It's yes. like that idea of uh, who who do you, who do you trust? Yeah, yeah. Who's exactly. really who? Who's right. on your side? Who's really inside? You know, and who's really the monster? Yeah, right. And uh, it's for that reason that the thing is moving on to the last spot, the frightening four. So we've got Scream versus the Thing, and The Shining versus Alien, and we're gonna get right to it. All right, moving on into the championship round between Alien. And The Shining. Uh, even Brett knew <laughs> that this call had to be made. <laughs> right. And that was the fact that The Shining is moving on. And Kubrick is going to power all the way to the championship. And, you know, this may be an obvious pitch, but really? Yeah. Who? What was going to, st- on that side of the bracket, was going to stop The Shining. Yeah. I mean, it's a force to be reckoned with. It is. It is just Just like that wave of blood. Elevator full of, of disgusting, disgusting blood. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, we've got John Carpenter's thing. We've got Pete Russell, <laughs> got the flowing hair. We got the everyone should really check to make sure before they try to give someone the defibrillator, yeah, uh, that they're not going to lose their fucking arms. Versus Scream, uh, where you got to be careful when you're picking up the landline, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically you know, robocalls is basically the new fucking horror. Yeah, <laughs> uh, when it comes to telephones, and I want to trip every goddamn week. And, and and the best part too about stream that we haven't talked about is, you know, we've kind of talked about this with the thing and get out is like who do you trust? Like who do you know? But really, what stream capitalized on was that the killer's one of you. We yeah. know it's one of you. It set the precedent that the killer's one of you. Right. And who done it? It is. It is Clue. It's Clue. Mixed right. with slasher, mixed with horror, mixed with pop culture. And uh, terrible, terrible Courtney Cott's haircuts. <laughs> the bangs. You didn't oh, like the bangs? Oh, man. In Stream 3, the <laughs> shit is the worst. <laughs> um, and even when Stream with, you know, it spawned its own, you know, s- uh, s- uh, sequels, having f- three right. sequels. Uh, and its own TV show that went on for mm. multiple seasons. Uh, and it's got to move on, man. Yeah. So Stream defeats Pete Russell on the flowing hair uh, through the doggy door, basically. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> right. Uh, and in the championship, we've got Stanley Kubrick's The Thing, based on the novel by Stephen King, and Wes Craven's Stream. And I'm okay with this. We've got Stanley Kubrick versus Wes Craven. We've got what was revolutionary. Uh, I think both movies are revolutionary for the genre. The genre. Yeah. I think you've got what is the best psychological horror film 
in The Shining. And I think you have what is the best, the best slasher film in Scream. Yeah. I mean, tough one. Classic Kubrick versus, you know, kind of new school Wes Craven. Um, and I wish I had a drum roll already. We, we, we weren't prepared for this. Oh, there we go. It sounds nice. So the winner of the 2019 Pop Nuts. I'm going to fuck up the title. Pop Nuts. 2019 Bracket Madness. Pop Nuts. Soda's best horror movie of all time. Act like you've been here before, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is The Shining. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the safe money bet, right? I mean, it's not even just a safe bet. It's just if you were to sit down and watch all 32 of these movies, I think the the movie that's going to stick with you the most, the movie that's going to haunt you, the movie that's going to make you think the most, the movie that's going to shock you, it's it's all the shining. Yeah. And that doesn't and that's not to take away anything from the other competitors. It's just you know, when you reshoot one scene 147 times, you're going to get a good movie. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen The Shining, um, you know, watch it with the sun out and uh, yeah. and enjoy. And and you know what? Tweet us your brackets. Let right. us know if you had The Shining as the best horror movie of all time. Let us know if you had the championship game right. Let us know. Uh, if you understand, respect our pits, if you hate our pit, if you think we got it totally wrong, then you need to send that shit to at Nice's Pieces. Yep, Brett Nice. Yeah. Or at Allen 619 But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's it. That is 2019 Bracket Madness, Pop Not Soda's best horror it. movie of all time. Uh, and the winner is The Shining. It's joining uh, former champions of Bracket Madness, such as uh, Iron Man, right? Iron Man won last year. Oh, uh, well, that was last year. Yeah, oh, yeah, and two year years was, ago was, was, uh, the Infinity was Walter White. Right, yeah, right, right. Last year was the Infinity Madness, uh, and, and I think we had Iron Man yes. was the winner right. of that bracket madness. And the inaugural year in the best TV character of all time, it was none other than the one who knots. Right. Heisenberg. Say my name. <laughs> great, great impression. <laughs> that was Brian's rendition of Brett's impression. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on to another horror story. Speaking of impressions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A really <laughs> bad Both one. Both of it works. Really bad one. The American Alliance Football League Association? A-A-F? Of football? That sounds about right. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't uh, exist anymore. They, uh, they closed shop real quick this week. Yeah. While players were practicing, while players were had already traveled to the next city in which they were going to compete in, uh, and they basically had to pack it all in. Yes, they suspended operations indefinitely. Yeah, not great. So probably uh, not a good sign. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty shocking for everybody. Um I mean, not the fact that this was going away, but that they so canceled quickly. it in the middle of the season. Yeah, yeah. It, it was alive for all of 52 days. Right. Uh, and the Seven games, I think. Alliance of Eight American games. Football. So we never had that fucking right. The Alliance of American Football. Oh, okay. Um, 
you know, had been going for eight weeks, had only 25 days to go until its championship game that was going to be played in the great city of Fresno, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, But it, it all came crumbling down because the principal investor and board chairman, Tom Dundon, decided that he was going to cease operations against the wishes of the lead co-founders, Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian. Yeah. Charlie Ebersol, by the way, son of, uh, I think his name's Dick Ebersol, but the guy who started the XFL or yeah. w- with Vince From Rubin. NBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the reason why Dundon can do this is because he had pledged upwards of $250 million to the lead and had already actually given $70 million, uh, which he's going to lose. Yeah. He said, and um, he hasn't made a comment, really, of why. He just decided that he's saying it's a loss and that he's going to cease operation and pull out when he can and not lose his other $180 million, apparently. And the other partners are like, "How can we need to finish. Like we, They were trying to get bought by the NFL. Right. Or they at least some sort of uh, association, yeah. With the be NFL. a feeder league, right? There were, the, you know, um, from what I heard, friends that went to the games, they had a lot of fun, they enjoyed it. It, you know, it was cheaper than the NFL. It right. was less hassle, but it was still, you know, good football that they could go watch. San Diego had a football team again. Yeah, um, that was doing just what it used to do, and that was uh, be <laughs> under five hundred. Um, so everyone just kind of said like. Of course, nobody can compete with the NFL. We have enough football. This was never gonna make it. You don't have any stars. You're, I mean, the best, the biggest stars were Johnny Menzel, who got to play two all of two quarters, right? And Trent Richardson. That's it. Yeah. Like, um, so that's when things got weird because the AAF was not just developing a new league of football but also working on a technology platform. Mm -hmm. And this technology platform was all about instant stat tracking. So what they were trying to develop and then sell that could be used in other sporting leagues was wearable technology that could transmit data to a gaming platform for instant odds making for gambling. That's why uh, they actually had an investment from MGM Resorts in the league and um, that they were hailing this platform, its gaming app, its technology, and its wearable stat tracking as very different than anything else that currently exists on the market. So just to kind of break this down for you, the gaming app would track the personnel on the field, the down and the distance situation, and the offensive and defensive formations. With that information, the platform immediately assigned percentages likelihoods to several play-calling scenarios, allowing users to predict run or pass, the direction of the play, and whether it would result in a first down or touchdown. So this is basically, if you've seen, uh, uh, what's the movie with uh, Will Smith, Focus, and him and B.D. Wong, where they're just making bets. This is basically what they were doing, but they had the technology that would allow for live instant betting situations and i think that's where we're going to get to eventually uh so with you know gambling now being legal uh federally and it's up to states you know to eventually put it in motion if they want to 
uh, allow this. I mean, California, of course, uh, is going to do this at some point. Um, and so I think that instead of like your daily fantasy where you're picking players, uh, you know, to play for a game, now you're betting live during games and oh, yeah. you're saying, oh, uh, Adrian Peterson's going to run for three yards here. Uh, or 50 cents a bet yeah. and what the odds are because right. they've got the formations and the statistics. Uh, you know, it's not just one-to-one. Like, you could be betting, oh, I'm going to take the sits-to-one on this formation for them to get the first down, and I'm going to bet a dollar. Yeah. Oh, and just, like, imagine all the parlays, too, that you can do. Of, like, oh, yeah. All this shit, you know? Um, And so the conspiracy is that Durden, who was the principal investor, only invested so that he could get his rights, get his access to this gaming platform and the technology once he had enough information, had enough of the spats, had enough of the understanding, had enough of the system and the gaming platform, is he pulled out. He was never in it to create a successful football league. He was there just to steal the technology that was being developed. I mean, pretty powerful move. Yeah, and I guess the, his $70 million investment is an investment because he thinks that you know, if it works out well, he'll be able to flip this technology and make a lot more than what he's lost. Right. And I mean, he's also a billionaire because he he owns like uh, he owns another team. I th- I want to say he owns a uh, a hockey team. Uh, I believe, but we're gonna have short round. We'll check have on short that. round with that. Out. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So seventy mil is maybe just like a drop in the bucket for him, and he thinks this will be a a good risk. But I do agree. Like. That would have been cool. And it's it's kind of similar, you know, crazy to think about this, but, you know, the XFL actually had a lot of elements that the NFL adopted uh, with, you know, some of the camera shots, with some of the replays and things that they did. Um, the NFL actually ended up doing a lot of things that the XFL was doing. And I think this was going to be, you know, this could be a similar thing, right, where the NFL will now – start to do this type of technology and you know they, they won't necessarily you know say it's going to be for betting yeah it could just be to you know better track statistics or like health readings or uh you know shit like that but in the end they can still sell that data off you know at a certain point yeah um he was the owner thank you short round uh go have yourself a little soda <laughs> from the fridge uh he's the owner of the carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, great. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get it. Cool for you. And I'm just kind of sad for the players, man, because these players, yeah. a lot of them, if they weren't in their the town where they, they were or, like, uh, they lived in, they had to find their own way home. So I just imagine a lot of them were doing what anybody would do in that situation. And you find John Candy and his poker group, <laughs> and you just hitch a ride with them in the uh, U-Haul. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. I and mean, you, it's... And you get home. Yeah. It is tough for the players because uh, I think a lot... And, and, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe through eight games uh, that they played, you know, some of the guys showed enough that they'll get picked up. Um, I mean, there is a ton of tape on them, so, you know, you never know. Uh, but I... I uh, you know, again, I, I don't think it was ever going to develop into what their ideas of grandeur were, you know, for it to become like the the 
triple a or feeder league into the into the nfl um but uh you know they gave it a go and it is what it is yeah um, um so r.i.p aaf uh i know that vince mcmahon though is just licking his chops because i think <laughs> he's gonna try and buy everything from the aaf for cheap yeah he's this is basically him just gonna buy wcw all over again right and uh pick up the pieces and you know the the market is kind of clear for him if he's gonna come in with the sfl i don't know if anybody's gonna want it but yeah i think i think the <coughs> af was a good illustration that uh people have enough football you know yeah especially because the nfl has somehow um uh prostituted itself out to somehow be covered the entire year <laughs> right but I mean, the, those ratings have been dropping significantly too over the years. You know, yeah. NFL ratings. I, so I think I people it. just I hate NFL Live. I hate it. Yeah, especially in like June. Right. Why? I mean, I guess it's better. Uh, no, actually, I'll say baseball is better than NFL Live in June. I said it. Yeah. Come at me. Direct all hate mail to at <laughs> pieces. Uh, but before we go, uh, we just wanted to touch on the sad news that that happened last weekend, uh, and that was the murder and death of LA-based hip-hop and rap artist Nipsey Hussle. If you don't know Nipsey Hussle, uh, you've been missing out. He He's a fantastic artist. His music is fantastic, and it's very unique. Um, and he wasn't only an artist, um, but he was also a community activist. Uh, he was very influential about how to reinvest his money into the community, into being a leader in his community, opening up shops. He was actually, um, unfortunately, where he was shot and gunned down was outside one of his stores in L.A. Um, and uh, just this week, they were able to track down uh, the suspect in the murder of Nipsey Hussle. Um, and he he was tracked down because... I guess the woman who was his getaway driver turned herself in um, and was right. able to lead to his arrest. She, uh, yeah, I don't, she said she did, she wasn't aware uh, of what happened, you know, yeah, but she, it's, she claims that she was waiting for him in the alley when he went over to the clothing store. And then she also claims that she didn't know why he was going there and he didn't say anything to her when he got back in the car. Right. If I were her though, I'd probably go to jail um, because, they, uh, yeah, LA gangsters don't mess around. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, just a real shitty situation. Um, you know, Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle was, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like, I thought his music was okay. I wasn't a huge fan, but what I was a huge fan of was his, um, involvement with, you know, community and, and trying to, really instill a positive change uh in uh in like you know compton where where he grew up um and if you you listen to like some of the like his recent interviews and things like that which you know i did admittedly after the after his passing um but he was like a really enlightened guy and it's just a shame that um you know this happened in fucking fucking broad daylight you know in front of his store the craziest thing is that there is surveillance video out there yeah yeah that kind of shows from a a very distant perspective but just the events that unfollowed and how senseless it was and how you know it almost harkens back to 
I mean, just recent things like with uh, uh, at Station that we covered. Mm, I right. still don't feel like I'm getting his name right, but I don't think I ever will. Yeah. Um, and and him, him, he was all, you know Nipsey was 33, but since he was barely 21, um, being murdered over because people just thought he had cash in the bag, like how senseless that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in L.A., you know, this resonates with. Uh, the community because I don't think there's been something like this that I can remember where the community felt so affected since Light, Tupac, and and, and Biggie, and yeah. I think that's because those those people those two artists weren't just at the top, two of the greatest rappers, but they also meant something to the respective communities. Yeah, tough, uh, tough situation. Yeah, and and uh, I I saw something the other day. That uh, it had a quote from the LAPD chief, uh, Michael Moore, that said uh, when he saw the name Nipsey Hussle, he looked at it again and looked at it again and was like, I couldn't believe it. This is just a voice that was trying to help. And somebody said, bro, this man is being mourned by the LAPD. You know how impactful you have to be to be mourned by the Bloods, the Cribs, the Essays, and the Tops. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the driver... Uh, has actually been set free, like you were saying. And uh, the police actually fear that the suspect that they have arrested uh, won't make it to court. That if they put him in gen pop um, or a regular holding cell, that he's not going to survive. So he's actually being held in solitary confinement. Right. Which is just crazy. And I think a lot of people are still asking why. And yeah. that's something we don't know yet. It may be something that by this the time this episode comes out, we have more questions answered, but I don't think we will. Right. Um, and it's one of those situations where, you know, unless he does share, we may ne- never know. Yeah. Even if we do know, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? No, not at all. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Pop Not Soda. It was a doozy. We uh, We announced the champion, The Shining. For 2019's Bracket Madness, Pop Not Soda's best horror movie of all time. We did it. Uh, made sure that if you want an Avengers Endgame ticket, you uh, tweet <laughs> Brian. He's <laughs> currently selling one for $47,000. I got you. Thursday night, 6 p.m., Arclight La Jolla. Yeah. Again, $47,000. Best offer. Uh, again, uh, all the hate mail that you have, uh, address that to uh, at Nieces Pieces. Uh, but do that after you follow our podcast at pop underscore not soda on twitter and instagram uh made sure that you're subscribed to our facebook at uh backslash pop not soda official head over to our patreon which is patreon.com backslash pop not soda official you know pledge some money um so that we can continue to put on this podcast and the more you, you pay us enjoy. the longer we'll keep brett off yes basically we'll That's just pay promise. brett to stay away <laughs> as he's uh Furiously scrubbing Manny Machado's jot strap. Yeah. Right, with a toothbrush. Yeah, especially today. Manny had a big game. Yeah, so. he had a home run. Right. First one was Padre. Uh, and just like this episode, you can find all of our episodes at popnotsoda.podbean.com, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. And while you're there, you know, maybe leave us a review. A little five star. A little thumbs up. You know, let us know how you're feeling. But again, if it's really upset feelings, send that to these pieces. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to tell you all. 
Yeah, hopefully we've hammered that home. Yeah. Well, uh, again, uh, you know, let us know how your horror brackets went. Let us know what your thoughts were on our Game of Thrones predictions and your own predictions for season eight of Game of Thrones. And uh, we'll, you know, review them and maybe we'll cover them next week. See maybe. what you all say. We'll see. But yeah, next week. Yeah. Until next time, as Brett would say, we'll see you on the flip side.